there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. When he still looked at her blankly, she shook her head. Three little trees planted in barrels. They care for them almost as well as they do for themselves. When they find a place of safety, they mean to plant them. They say the old days will return, then. They, I say they, very well, I am not Jen anymore. She (laughs) She hefted a shortened spear. This is my husband now. The Shadow Rising, Chapter 25, our first Farter Eyes Mai. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my delightful friend Amba. And this is the Road to Tarvalin today, going through the glass columns. Yowza. It's a very Ghost of Christmas Past episode. <laughs> the timing worked out perfectly, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Robert Jordan was feeling a little inspiration. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's what these these whole two chapters, we're only covering chapter 25 and chapter 26 for this episode. We usually cover four. But, I, I mean, we agreed that these are some pretty intense chapters, and so it felt right to give them an entire episode. Not only just right, but it's necessary because yeah, so much happens, and I don't feel confident being able to talk about this chapter mm-hmm. without dedicating a little bit more time to it. Mm-hmm. And especially after last week, I mean, we had so many different ideas, and the topics kind of took us many places. Mm-hmm. When I was texting with you earlier this week, I was saying how I felt prophetic on our last mm-hmm. recording because that was done before the Rafe Judkins interview on Dragon Mount. Mm-hmm. And he was really talking about how books two and three have this kind of same journey. Mm-hmm. So it makes the most sense to kind of combine the two. And I was like, well, hot damn. Right. <laughs> there were quite a few things that I heard him say where I was like, I think, I think Amber was on to that last week. Hmm. How about that? Yeah, I'm just going to tell everyone that we we talk about it, me and Rafe, we're, we're yeah. very close. I mean, I buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Any good idea that Rafe has, it's really Amber's. Now everyone knows, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's just me. <laughs> he calls me, it's me, like, shaking a <laughs> magic eight ball. Yeah. yeah looks That looks good. Yeah. Chances good. point to yes, or whatever it is that they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm excited, but I'm I think after listening to what he was saying, it it definitely makes the most sense to do it. And sure there's always going to be the people who are like poo-pooing about it like, "Oh, right, you're changing course. so much." But from looking at it at, at a time standpoint, yeah. And it's just not exciting if you follow the same yeah. Recipe for two seasons. Yeah. Boring. I think that's one of the things where Jordan actually also improves in his writing. Like, we start getting more varied endings 
if you will, to like the story, so we're not constantly like battling Ashamael every book, which is great. We don't. We don't need to battle Ashamael every book, every season, however you do it. I really like when I when I heard Rafe saying that like you couldn't put like the same ending twice in a row for a TV series. Like then you would just turn fans off. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, not necessarily a fan of it in the books either. So. Cool. Give me something different. I'm always down for something different. Yeah, I don't know. People in chat, are we alone in this thought? I don't know. Are there people? I, I mean, I'm sure there are certain things that you want to see from each book, right? But, but thematically, they're very similar. Yeah. And you definitely like, I, one of the things that I think you said last week, too, is that they can't have a mediocre season. Like, they really need to just, like, blow this one out of the water and make it really bingeable. Like, you can't wait for the next episode to come out kind of thing. And hopefully, like, these changes that they're talking about are going to, like, speed things up and build a story that's going to give people, like, that drive to watch it to get to the next episode. Because, I mean, books two and three can be really slow in some places. And so the idea of, like, squashing it all together i'm excited yeah snakes and foxes <laughs> says the big sky battle over tier <laughs> i like that just because it's so over the top ridiculous i could yeah. understand why they wouldn't do it but yeah i think they haven't really figured out what the vibe of the show is yet like is it going to be a little bit campy are they gonna introduce some comedy into it like Mm -hmm. there's different ways you can do things and right now I feel like it's teetering between something for adults or teenagers like somewhere in Mm -hmm. between but also something a little bit campy that's trying to be also a little bit grimdark and it's just kind of a mix right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think they need to kind of like figure out what the what the vibe is i guess mm-hmm. so that it leaves its own mark maybe yeah but yeah yeah christian says he wants to see the toman head big power up Mm-hmm. and i have to agree that's something that i really really want i really really want to see the shan chen just come in and take over and just start wrecking lives mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much yeah, yeah. Christian also said, what about the Great Hunt first half of the season and the Dragonborn second half? And I think that's something we've kind of touched on as well. Like, put Falma mid-season and wrap up season two at the Stone of Tear. I'd be down for that. Like, I would love it. I would love if they can do it. I just don't think that they can in eight episodes. No. Yeah. Or potentially with budget. Like, I don't know if they can pull off two kind of big battle scenes in one season's budget, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what their budget is or how they're using it, but that, I mean, honestly, that would be my ideal, is, like, just break it up. Four, four episodes, The Great Hunt, four episodes, The Dragon Reborn, and then the next season, all of the shit that happens in The Shadow Rising. Yeah. Because I think the Shadow Rising is going to have to get its own season. 
Like, is there a way to just do this book in less than eight episodes? No. Yeah, that's how I feel too. <laughs> like, no, it's not even possible. I mean, it's the second to longest book, anyways. It's mm-hmm. girth. It's a girthy boy. It's a big, fat, grommy boy. It's indeed thick. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why I've always enjoyed it. It's just such a dense read. Like, there's so much to it. A lot of people are talking about the rooftop scene in tear the aiel and matt but if we move all of that to falma do we get a rooftop scene right oh man oh man it'd be so sad not to get that like moment that's just so funny I'm going to blow up the Stone of Tear with fireworks. No one's ever been able to defeat the Stone of Tear until me with my package of fireworks. <laughs> yeah, and Tom won't be there either, so no Tom and Matt shenanigans. Right? That's another thing that has me mildly disappointed is I like I like Matt and Tom shenanigans, and we don't get them again until way later in the series, right? Mm, I mean, that's, I feel like, the the main point of them together. I know that at some points they're traveling. Are they? Oh, spoilers. So, skipping that. Skipping it. But, yeah, I know that they really connect during their time. Mm-hmm. Tracking down. Yeah, yeah. stuff. But it's it's... I don't know. I'm sure that you can switch things up and make it enjoyable. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I said last week, I'm opening myself up to big, big changes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get caught up in things being wildly different. Mm-hmm. I just want to be excited that they do a good job writing. <laughs> like I want the writer's room to knock it out of the park this year. Crossing my fingers for no, I don't know, questionable, like, mediocre mediocre (laughs) scenes where I'm just like, that's not really hitting, like, any Mm -hmm. spot for me. Yeah. I know that when Rafe was talking about how they were exploring this idea of Randy Gwain kind of, like, touching on each other's lives... And how that works into being reborn, how like, I don't know, like your life forces are kind of like just touching on one another after each time you're reincarnated. And I really Mm -hmm. loved that. I thought that was such a really like nice touch Mm -hmm. to the story. And then after he said it, I was like, man, they should have inserted that into the story that would have made me really like the Rand and Equane relationship rather than just being kind of like young and we're having sex while we're doing the dishes like it it would have made things feel much more mature and just kind of wiser Mm -hmm. and not as teen drama I guess I really would have loved to see them explain that or at least yeah. insert something into the writing there so that I knew that's what they were going for. But mm-hmm. maybe, maybe things will be better. 
I think so. I think so. Pocket strawberry, two rivers aphrodisiac. <laughs> yeah. You know what else I was thinking too? He was saying how like, I don't know, just people like catching things that might have been like Easter eggs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the way that they're bringing in the daughter heir, I'm really curious to see if like dishwashing is going to be this like big point of contention between her and Egwene because Egwene will be like, I used to wash dishes at my parents' inn every night. Don't be such a princess. And she's an actual princess. I'm like, right. are they going to make dishwashing a thing here? I think they are. Yeah, that would be fun. Anyways, the shadow rising. I mean, sure. That's. I think that's one of the reasons why we're here. Anyway, can we skip it? Can we just talk? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> bet we could. I bet we could. <sighs> but chapter twenty-five is the road to the spear. Nice short summary. Rand steps into the glass columns and begins his journey of learning through his ideal ancestry. While he moves forward, the columns take him back. Mm. Okay, so where would you like to start? Just Kuladin's brother, Mirrodin, maybe? Oh, sure. Yeah, I love how he's like kind of like Rand isn't right on his heels necessarily, but how as the chapters go along, they're kind of side by side in some ways, and how Mirrodin's face changes throughout it versus what Rand's reaction to it has been and I thought that that was such a smart thing to do because we do know there's a chance you don't come out of these glass columns and now we're finding out why yeah but Rand is so removed from it right he wasn't yeah. brought up Aiel so uh-huh. like him seeing the history it's like a movie yeah it shouldn't really affect him you know? Right. Not the same way. Right, right. Like, it's, he has no attachment to these people. He doesn't know who mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. He wasn't raised in a warrior society that was, like, always fighting. Like, for him, what is revealed through the glass columns is like, oh, okay, so now I know the history. It's not an unraveling of everything he's known and believed about his people. So, yeah, it's absolutely going to hit him differently than someone who was raised Aeol. And, you know, he's Kooladin's brother. And we've seen how Kooladin behaves. So... Not, not as cool as his name would suggest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I had to ask myself this. Yeah. Does each person see the same story with the same characters? You know, as they go through, because that's how it felt to me. I think it's each person sees specific points that shape the Aeol into who they are, but through their particular ancestors. So, like, when I'm reading this, like, sometimes I like to think who's the ancestor who's sitting behind the eyes of the woman who is the first maiden of the spear. Like, when she comes through or he comes through and sees through her eyes, like, do they then see the other characters that we're seeing a first-person perspective through? Does that make sense? 
Mm, kind of. I interpreted it as, for the most part, everyone seeing the same thing with the same groups of people, but maybe you're looking through the eyes of another person who was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like since this is like the first farter eyes my, I feel like she would be in there every time, right? And the first person that picks up a spear he's going to be in there every time because otherwise, like, what is it? Just someone being like, and I am so-and-so, the ancestor of this person who picked up a spear, he was the first guy, the end. Like, it doesn't have the same emotional impact unless you're actually seeing the first one doing the thing, you know? Yeah. My thought on that is I don't, know for sure if the creation of Far Darius Mai would be an important enough pivotal moment for the Aiel for it to be something that everyone sees. Like, as you're talking, what I was kind of thinking about is you have relatively small groups when things kind of start breaking apart. And some go this way, some go that way. So my my guess would be that Stories would be really similar, but just happening in different little groups, which I think might be what you said in the first place. Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because when I, when I was reading in like the Wheel of Time wiki, what they had said about like the visions in Ruidian is that they're like main points that every Aiel has to see. Well, yeah, that's like for any American, somebody's great great grandfather was either coming in through Ellis Island or snuck aboard a cattle ship or something you know like right like there's always the one person that kind of like I don't know I don't want to say like the highlight of the story but Mm -hmm. I guess something like that Mm -hmm. I mean maybe it's like that for the Aiel like whichever person in their lineage had the biggest part to play in this branching off of the two cultures that's who they would see Mm -hmm. but I don't know like it kind of feels like it all stems from like a very small group and then that group just picks up more and more followers Mm -hmm. so it's like you know did your uncle Randy join (laughs) The Aiel who carry spears, was he, Mm -hmm. like, number 500 in the line of, like, people that decided, like, no, we're going to fight? And at that point, is it any more or less shocking? Probably Mm -hmm. not. Like, it's probably that same reaction for everyone with, like, a real deal Aiel background, not Rand. Mm Mm-hmm. Real deal Aiel. So we've got... Miradin kind of, I don't know, like grimacing. He's making some yeah. pretty snarly faces. Mm-hmm. And Rand's like, well, that doesn't look too good. <laughs> and then he gets put into the eyes of Mandine, a young mm-hmm. sept chief. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, like we get this kind of whole setting of him with his family. His mm-hmm. wife is a wise one and this and that. And 
I don't know. It's Tracy. Yes, Amber. <laughs> I try to love these chapters. I really did. You didn't? No. Aww. I mean, it's, it's cool. Like, there's some interesting things, but the more exciting thing is what I was speaking with Christian before recording was mm. when they go way, way back and... It's like, ah, like show wings and Joe cars, like falling out of the air and mm-hmm. the cool and Dom and stuff exploding. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is where it gets interesting for me. But this whole like going back and back with the Aiel, it kind of felt like it dragged on a little bit too mm. long. I don't know. I, I'm sure this is blasphemy for big time Wheel of Time fans, but... <laughs> <laughs> well there are nine visions that's a lot it really is it really is it could have been condensed a little bit i feel like sure yeah and i think too i mean i'm sure robert jordan was just having so much fun right with the idea of this that he got really like carried away and he's like i'm gonna put so much into it it's gonna be yeah. awesome and i'm sure yeah. some people really appreciate how long it is yeah, there's definitely a lot of details about, you know, how the Aiel that we see have become who they are. And some of it I was thinking potentially dip straight into his military experience. But I also have to wonder if he just wants to, like, drive the point home of what fractured all of the Aiel into the, into the different groups that come from the first group that left, like, way back at the breaking. I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's, sure. that's the only thing that I can really think of is, like, he just wants to, like, hammer all of that home. Yeah, like, I think that he really loved this part, and he wanted mm-hmm. to make it a big, chunky chapter. God, my alliteration today is on point. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think I think he really had fun with it. Mm-hmm. And he really got carried away putting all of the details into it. But I think for me, like when I first read it, I was like, oh, okay. So they were nonviolent and now they're violent. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, like destruction and mayhem and technological collapse. Mm-hmm. More interesting, like I was a little bit more getting pulled in that direction. If we, I mean, I guess we, I can say this because we're covering this chapter, it's not a spoiler, but mm-hmm. when we get land fear, mm-hmm. like fucking shit up, yeah, I could have gone many more chapters into that story. Mm-hmm. But the Gen Aiel right here, I'm like, oh, okay, it's all right, it's cool, sure. Well. And I mean, one of the things that I had written down was like, why are they building this city like out in the middle of nowhere when they know that they're like a collapsing part of the society? And then like the only answer that gets given in the chapter is it is our purpose. I'm like, that's so boring. I would (laughs) love a little bit more detail than it is our purpose. That's why I don't like prophecy because it's like, oh, so we have to 
make a plot point that scoots the story in this way and we can just leave it to that like you don't have to think about it what's gonna drive these characters oh Mm -hmm. prophecy they have to that's it they don't really need any more motivation and i think Mm -hmm. it's far more interesting when someone is i don't know like the forsaken like i want to be famous i want to have money i want to be beautiful i want power like Mm -hmm. all of those things feel realistic to me but when someone's like i'm following my destiny i'm like wah wah (laughs) yeah show me checked out so that that i was like man whatever and i i they kind of like lay down that line of prophecy even in like his first vision like what like going through the glass columns is is to find the person who will lead the Aeol. Yeah, Derman says whoever would leave the Aeol must come to Ruidion, so that's why it needs to be there. Yeah, and then like whoever will actually lead like the full Aeol, that person. You is know what? Later, could have built a Wendy's. Would have been the same what? thing. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want a frosty and the waist? It's, it's just so a place. It's just yeah. a place. It's I mean, just a magic channeling. Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. Sir, Barnes and Noble. <laughs> sir, this is Ruidion, not a Wendy's. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> cookout has the best shakes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. So we should move through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, I think we've kind of touched enough on Mandine. Like he's he's the first person that Rand has his visions through, and basically this is just setting it up so that if you want to become an IL chief, if you want to become a, a wise one, you have to go through the glass columns. Bum bum bum. That's what correct. We do. Yeah. So then we have like Rand Sheridan. Yeah, he steps back into the columns and then the next time he goes out he's another person and he's further back in time i think it's roderick is the next one oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. you're right you're yeah. right roderick but this one is like where they create like the water like they get water from the kyrianin or who will become the kyrianin yes yes the gift the water gift yeah so that's an important thing is there anything big in this little section that you wanted to touch on or? Not really. I like that it's inserted here because I think that that story between the Kyrianon and the Aiel is really cool. Yeah. It's kind of sad that this is like all that it amounts to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it causes big issues, you know, mm-hmm. in history. Right. With the whole series, which is great. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think it's nice to have like that little history drop. Mm-hmm. But no, we can move on to the next. Like, go for it. Cool. So I think the next one. Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. And he is the great grandfather of Roderick, I think. It's either great grandfather or father. Hold on a I second. I think it's great grandfather regardless regardless not not too important another ancestor but i mean all of them are you know connected by blood like i think that's the most important thing to like kind of take from it that they're all like descended one to the other so he's 
speaking with a guy named Garam, and he's saying that the Janayil are headed east across the spine of the world, and they yeah. have dozens of Aes Sedai traveling with them. Mm-hmm. And this is making Roderick feel a little bit uncomfortable. So I feel like we're already getting this mentality of like Aes Sedai, can we trust them? Channelers in general, can we trust them? And it's also interesting to see how the Aes Sedai are set up with the traveling, I'm doing like air quotes, the traveling mm-hmm. people, the traveling gen across the spine of the world because they wouldn't be able to protect themselves. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming they would need an Aes Sedai escort with them on like a really big journey, a really important journey because they have no way to protect themselves. Nothing. And this is this image, this chapter is also talking about the Ogier planning to build this great city for them. So now mm-hmm. we're in the era of the White Tower being built. And everyone's, yeah. and not everyone, but Roderick's like, wow, like, okay, interesting. Yeah, Garam, I think he says, I hear that I see that I plan to build a city. They have found Ogier to build it for them. Ogier! Mm-hmm. And he's also learning that, or we're learning through the eyes of this man that they're calling the spine of the world the dragon wall mm-hmm. and that it's the Aiel secret name, the people of the dragon. So this all makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting too. But again, like I'm kind of just taking things as they come where I'm not like, I'm not having the brain exploding emoji moment. I'm kind mm-hmm. of like, okay, like, it's interesting, but I'm not like, wow. <laughs> That's not what happened for you? No, sadly, no. No. I think it, I, I read it with interest, but not mm-hmm. with like fervor. <laughs> yeah, I feel as though these are kind of like almost the gentle parts of the the visions going backwards and like you really don't get to like the climax of the scene until like the next chapter yeah 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 we let's go to jordan jordan yeah yeah so this is the next what is it great grandson of or something yeah what one of the things that i think is kind of interesting that gets like dropped in the visions is it's like like Roderick thinks about how they say that there used to be snow and ha 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 whatever, but then Jordan is in a cold, snowy place, and then also how he says that the stories from before his generations talked about how the earth used to shake and mountains rose or sank like the water in a summer pond. So each each person is kind of like ha ha those old stories. I don't believe them, which is so weird to me. So weird to me. Myth becoming legend. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like if these people aren't writing their own histories, then of course everything would seem ridiculous, right? I mean, if someone tells you a fairy tale that can't sound real, of course it's going to sound funny. But if someone hands you a book and is like, this was written by the great philosopher so-and-so, then you're like, okay, that has some merit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It is all just like 
hearsay word of mouth kind of thing yeah but this one's really interesting because this is where Mm -hmm. the children are kidnapped Mm -hmm. and you can tell like even though that they're talking about in the past like what we know the readers know is the breaking of the world this has been a while after that Mm -hmm. happened but people are not okay people are struggling and you can see that in just the fact that children are being stolen Mm -hmm. and the people that take them are in pretty rough shape too like these Mm -hmm. aren't happy people the world is a messed up place and they're really getting into the thick of it now and this is where the first farterized my comes in i Mm -hmm. think yes it is yeah her daughter is one of the children that's been taken and she's like I will be the one to bring her back out. Show me how to use this spear. And like Yeah, and he's he's telling her like, "Look, these big bunchy skirts, you can't wear something like that. You yeah. have to be dressed like Just I'm like wearing, me. otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to I don't know, you can't you can't move freely like that." So now we're seeing the first instances of the Aiel wardrobe mm-hmm. and wearing veils mm-hmm. and i thought that was pretty cool because to this day the maidens of the spear and the aiel like they have their own little dress code so mm-hmm. what is it the cotton sore cotton sore so yeah i thought that was fun yeah i like how he like shortens the spear for her and while he's, like, trying to show her how to use it, he's figuring it out for himself. And he's like, oh, my gosh, the Aiel could defeat everyone if we had spears like this for all of our warriors. And I'm like, dang, so that starts. Well, let's be real. The spear is a superior weapon. Like, that's why yep. there have always been pikemen. <laughs> I mean, until <laughs> modern weapons. But... Yeah, like, it makes sense, and I love how he's breaking it off and kind of, like, I don't know, like, I can picture him kind of, like, testing the weight and, you know, like, mm-hmm. thinking, like, no, 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 don't throw it, just stab, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's yep. explaining that her husband has already kind of given up on their mm-hmm. daughter returning home, and he's more more worried about these damn trees, yep. which, again, these fucking trees... <laughs> It's like trees. Well, it's mass. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Like, are they? Dr- I've always thought that it's kind of like drugging people. Not really drugging them, but everyone seems pretty chill around these trees. Sure, trees. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I don't know. Goes back to Age of Legends. Is it a utopia? I don't know. I I still lean towards no on that one. Just too. I don't think it's possible. But she's joining up with them. She's ready to get her kids back. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of talking about what they're going to do, how they're going to approach this, because they've never done anything like this before. They're not fighters. They're not warriors. And they're mm-hmm. just kind of like bumbling fools in this moment. They get lucky. Mm-hmm. That's how I interpreted it. Yeah. Is that in the next section or is that in this section? You, you're, you're right. It's the next section. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. I, 
<laughs> Weird, I got confused and like all of the time jumping in this chapter. That's never happened for anyone. So she, yeah, she's like, this is from the quote where I said, she's like looking at the spear and she says, this is my husband now. So she's mm-hmm. like, I don't need no man. I just need a good weapon and some good comrades, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no, then then they go down, like looking down below like this campfire and everything's all dusty. And this is where they're like stumbling around to go like bring the girls out. This is Lewin? Lewin, yeah. Yeah. This is where I think they like start using the dust veils to hide their faces. And I guess that's kind of where it just like cascaded from. Happenstance. Yeah. I think this is one of those areas where we hit like a breaking point and just the resolve that comes across from the people that Lewin is with, like there's a little group of them that's going to go rescue these young girls that have been taken. They get kind of, I mean, the Aiel get pushed around a lot because of the covenant they have for peacekeeping, which is kind of what we find as we keep stepping back. And I guess this was just where it was enough for this guy. And Lewin was like, I can't. I can't just, like, walk past this and be okay with it anymore. I just can't do it. And he had people who came with them, with him, excuse me. Yeah, the kidnappers are, I don't know, it reminds me of that. What's that one movie with the banjo? <laughs> um, Deliverance? Deliverance, yeah. Like, I'm going to gut you like a pig. Right? Can you I'm squeal like, like a pig? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'm just like, this is... This is interesting. Right? Yeah. So he basically, Lewin, he's getting into it with this guy and pretty much clobbers him with something. Is he? I think it was a pan. Like a, like a kettle or something mm-hmm. really heavy and just mm-hmm. like smashes, smashes him. And he's like, yeah. well, I've killed a man and I'm cold. It feels so very cold, you know? Oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> yeah. It feels cold outside, and he's having this whole moment realizing, like, what he's actually done. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, this whole instance was really just, it was almost just luck that they didn't die. Mm-hmm. And they yes. really, they really didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think this is an interesting point because it could have been, like, I don't know, they could have gone in all tough. I think mm-hmm. it makes it much more interesting that they kind of just happened to finish what they wanted to do, but it's still kind of, like, shocking to realize and see them going through it and seeing, like, the trauma happening there right yes. in front of them. Like, yes. what have I done? What have I done? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think this is the chapter for me where things kind of really, like, yeah, like, get get a little more interesting yeah and like you said with like it that the happenstance of everything that kind of unfolds when Lewin is trying to escape one of the men who's going to attack him he's like kind of scuttling backwards and he's like I just need my hand to like land on something and it does and it happens to be a spear 
And this is a big thing because it's where, like, the spear becomes the weapon of the Aiel, not a sword. A sword can only kill, and he's like, a spear can put food in our pots. So mm-hmm. that's another, like, it's just, just happenstance. That's what was there when he needed to defend himself. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, his friends, too, I guess his companions that are with him i don't know if i can really call them friends just yet Mm -hmm. but they've killed the remaining Mm -hmm. men and they're all gobsmacked they're all just shocked at what they have done collectively yeah and then they go ahead and just decide that they're gonna take things that they need because Mm -hmm. these people were obviously terrible people and they need things that are going to be useful to them so i think this is where we get the fifth like the aiel taking the fifth Ooh, yeah i hadn't even thought about that that was i mean i don't know if it's for sure but that's it It could certainly be an inspiration for it yeah 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 i think there's a very subtle use of abuse in this particular vision where Lewin is there to rescue his sister and when he does like her clothes are less than rags basically she's obviously been like beaten up I guess for lack of a better term and she's just like barely responding to anything like that's happening around her and the other young girl that's there like she can't handle being touched by even people that are related to her until she sees her mother later and like even though Jordan doesn't really say specifically what's happened I think most of us are aware of how cruel people can be and what these girls have probably been through and yeah it makes it almost worse sometimes than like blatantly stating what has happened to them and the trauma doesn't end there because when migra- mm-hmm. migraine, <laughs> Magran, <laughs> Magran, Magran, when mm-hmm. she's returned back to her family, she tells them what happened. And she's mm-hmm. like, Lewin, he killed the man that hurt her. Yep. And then Ad- Aden, I don't know how you want to pronounce his name. He's like, shaking with rage and he's like you're killers you're not one of us you are not welcome in the wagons of the Aiel yeah and they've been totally ostracized and I'm just thinking of how many like hardcore sects like sect not sex sect Mm -hmm. in America where like if you leave the teachings of what they're teaching everyone will turn their back on you and that's just it made me feel a different way about the genial where it's like if protecting someone and just holding a weapon is enough to have you kicked out like man do you really want to be a part of a society like that anyways so i can imagine for the aiel like the modern day Aiel, when they see this happening, they're like really upset by it. Like I can't, yeah, I can't, you know, imagine clawing my own eyeballs out and eating them over seeing something like this. But I can imagine being upset. So, yeah, yeah, Meriden's response might be a bit intense. <laughs> Meriden, you didn't pack some, you know, 
snacks. string cheese and yeah. meat and snacks yeah. for the road. <laughs> I am my own snack. <laughs> I am my own snack. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that you say that about, like, is this really a society that you would want to be a part of anyway? Because it's, I don't know, maybe it's just my my lack of wanting to be a follower or, like, it just feels so restrictive. And I don't know, is that something that, like, feels good for everyone? Probably not. I think I look at it. In in the terms of, like, the Gen Aiel, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it like this. If you're living in a place, in a society where you don't need to protect yourself, if everything is as good as you say it is, it's a utopia, you don't have mm-hmm. to fight for anything, Yeah, sure, why not? Like, that's great. No need, right? Like, why would you need a weapon? But what we're seeing is, like, when things become dangerous and people become targets and victims, that's when I can't turn my head and, like, nod along with it. Like, no, no, I I, I don't think that you can live that way. But that's also me being jaded in the 21st century. So, Yeah. Yeah. I think... Probably for me, I would fall into the category of the Aiel that couldn't handle seeing people dragged away and, like, my children. Like, that hits hard. Like, the thought of somebody taking my kid, I, either one of them, I mean, Aiden's, like, mostly an adult at this point. So I guess I mostly think of Arthur, who's, like, small and more or less defenseless against Mm -hmm. grown men. Yeah. I would kill people for that. I'd be like, fuck those trees. Fuck them. Don't care. What did those trees ever do for me? Right? Getting my kid back. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, to me, that's totally understandable. Yeah, absolutely. If someone messed with my dog, I would probably <laughs> karate chop them to the throat, you right? know? <laughs> There's a neighbor dog, late lady's dog that lives nearby that keeps getting out of the yard, keeps getting let out without a leash, and I'm really nervous that one of these days, like, I'm going to have to kick a dog because, right. you know, it's not a spear, it's a foot, but... But still. But still. still. I get it. I get, like, yeah. the idea of wanting to protect yourself and your family. Mm-hmm. 100%. And the, Like, the I real mean... deal, I yield, not the gen I yield. <laughs> yeah. So that was... I. I I don't know. I'm glad that you brought that up. Like, is this really a society that she would want to be a part of, especially since it does not adapt to survival? Right. And that's how you like, that's how you die. You cannot exactly just be complacent (laughs) when the world is ending. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just sit by and watch it happen. Like, I just I don't I don't understand how anybody could just be like, oh, that's totally okay. (laughs) That's totally you took my daughter. That's fine. No worries. That's cool. Peace. Kumbaya. I'll eat a, you know, protein bar and we'll just move on our way. Yes. A vegan protein bar. Yeah. Don't forget. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, that's another thing. If food is so fucking scarce, why would you limit your what you could intake? Like, there's running protein. Why aren't you going after them? (laughs) 
<laughs> like Muradin, just take your own eyes. <laughs> it's always uh, an option. It's always an option. <laughs> so yeah, speaking of Muradin, after we witnessed this happen through mm-hmm. Lewin's point of view, Rand kind of like is back out of it, and then... Mm-hmm. He can see Muradin, and at this point, Muradin is sweating and shaking, and Rand's mm-hmm. like, well, that's kind of strange. <laughs> and then we move on to the next chapter. He's like, stepping forward, stepping yeah. forward. Yeah, I love it. If you like what you hear, rate and review us anywhere you listen to the podcast. This helps new listeners find the show. This podcast is brought to you by you. If you'd like to fund the show and receive cool stuff while doing it, check out The Road to Tarvalin on Patreon. All tiers can join us weekly for live recordings on our Discord server. Lastly, our Wheel of Time shop has a new web address and international shipping is finally live. Find all the links in our show notes and thanks for listening and joining us on The Road to Tarvalin. The Dedicated. Is that right? Yes, it is. So... The end of Rand's time in the glass column is the beginning of the IO's story and is more shocking than he could have imagined. Rand manages to make it safely through, but once he's out, he finds himself racing to save Matt's life. The danger in Ruidian isn't over until the two run past the shield of fog around the city. Although weary, they push on to where the Aeol are camped and waiting for their arrival. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. we go to the point of view of Adam. Aiden, mm-hmm. I don't know how you want to pronounce it, yep. who is a relative of Lewin. Yeah, I think this is his grandfather. Yes, yes. Yeah. I believe yeah. so. And he's holding Lewin, who is uh-huh. now a child. Yeah. And they're watching some wagons burning, and this is dark. He's witnessed, like, all of his children die. His last living child has been killed right in front of him. Yep. And what does he say? I think he tells his grandkids to, like, stay here. Yep. And he's going to his wife's corpse and, like, touching her hair. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Okay. Yep. Yep. So they're all dead. That's happening. And... There are no horses, no food, no water, no grain, nothing. nothing. Most of the wagons are gone, and the Aes Sedai are not coming back. Yeah. And he's kind of just like, well, you know, this, this is fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. Right. They can't go on like that they are doing, and it's pretty grim. Yeah. And he's like, we're going to be faithful to our duty, no matter the cost. That just, you know, recipe for disaster. You know, I keep going back and forth. I'm like, I get it. Like, you want to stay true to your custom and culture, but (laughs) I don't know. But, I mean, when it's at the cost of the lives of people you love, is it worth it? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, but I just don't think for me it would be. Like, the people I love, the people that I'm close to mean more to me than a promise made to people who have done nothing for me, I guess. Like, if I were one of the Aiel, 
Ice and I have never come back really. And when they do, it's like weirdness and building a city out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, what use is that? Where were they when they were needed, when the Aeol were dying? As they were trying to get like all of these things that were given to them from one place to another. And there's no roadmap. There's no nothing. There's no direction. Like, fuck that. And take care of myself and my family. Yeah. And this part really caught me because I'm thinking about obviously like the cache of Turangrial, Saangrial, mm-hmm. all the Grials all in the, the White Tower. Mm-hmm. And in without any spoilers, other locations in the world of this, you know, the series. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was so stupid that like there's all of it out there and nobody's really tried fussing around with it to see what it does so there's Mm -hmm. all of these miraculous things that are just throughout the age of time became meaningless to some Mm -hmm. people and this is where we're seeing it like he can't get himself where he needs to go because he barely has a horse or wagon how the hell are they supposed to cart all of this crap around yep. with them? These chora cuttings and the twisted red door frame is here now yeah. in yeah. this chapter. Yep. And he's like trying to gather up his wife's dead body. Yep. But like, what? I have to be faithful to the Aes Sedai. I have to do what they say. But everything mm-hmm. else around me is just dead and gone and what is life is it meaningless like where do i go from here yeah and because prophecy (laughs) this man had to take all this junk and cart it somewhere yeah yeah and i mean the ending of this is like like knife in the heart for this vision like he kneels down and gathers up his wife and he like his dead wife and he's Mm -hmm. like we are faithful i said i how long must we be faithful? Like, I don't know. How far do you want to be pushed, guy? Well, yeah, that's... I I refuse to believe that Robert Jordan wanted the Aes Sedai to be seen as all good and powerful, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they reside in an ivory tower should be, like, the first mm-hmm. clue... Right. But so much is dropped in. I mean, even in New Spring, like when mm-hmm. spoilers for New Spring, if you don't want to know, plug your ears for five seconds. <laughs> when Lan is asking Moraine why the eyesight didn't come to save Malkir. Yes. And mm-hmm. the Aiel would just rather, or the Aiel, the I said I would rather save face and rather than yep. letting the world know that they couldn't do something, that they're not all powerful, they would just rather not try and help people. Yeah. So yeah. It's starting. It's starting. But on the other hand, I also want to point out, because I don't want to be all negative, that they're fighting a war here. Like, yeah. This is a legit battle of good and evil, so they might be a little bit preoccupied, but still. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Martial law. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. So at the end of 
Adon's or whatever his name is, his vision, we have Rand. And again, next to him is Muradin, whose mouth is open and a soundless howl. Yael's eyes bulged as if witnessing the death of everything. They stepped forward together. These little, little snippets in between each vision, I love them. Yeah, it's interesting that we keep going back to Muradin. Yeah, I really do think that his role there is so valuable to the reader for understanding, like, the effects on someone who might not be able to bear the news that they've just learned about where they come from. Because otherwise, how, how else would we know? And so I, I like that they're, like, together for this. I can't think of something in the history of my family that would be, you know, like, I'm trying to think, like, what the worst thing could be that would get a reaction like that out of me you know yeah like (sighs) yeah yeah. that's a but this isn't it (laughs) this this isn't it nope this isn't it if they were like you're i don't know you come from a long line of cannibals like jeffrey dahmer he's Mm. your he's your great grandpa congrats like I don't know. That would that would be upsetting. I but don't I know if it would be eat my own eyeballs. My... Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, then that's just a self fulfilling. Right? <laughs> so okay. what I would do? <laughs> yeah. So the next one is Jonai. Jonai, yeah, yeah. And let's see here. Is this like this? Is the whole chora tree? Green man. We've got some Ogier hanging out and yeah. they're exchanging news and all of it is bad. Like <laughs> more bad yeah. news. And yeah. they even had like an Aes Sedai show up who healed the sick and then took some of the Grials away and laughed at them when they asked if there was a safe place to be. And I'm like Shouldn't this tell you guys something? Like you're holding stuff to protect from the Aes Sedai and an Aes Sedai shows up and laughs at you and doesn't really help you but takes stuff? Like, Right? Hmm. I really like this exchange with the Ogier because it's a woman Ogier and she's asking, mm-hmm. like, hey, we need to know where a steading is. Yep. And Jonai is like kind of gobsmacked. And yeah, he's like, he doesn't even know where he is because he like the landscape has totally changed. Everything has changed. And yeah. he's like, I don't, you know, like was there an ocean over there? It used to be, maybe. Yep. Now I don't know. Like no clue. We, yeah. So <sighs> yeah, the world yeah. is unraveling, and this is getting more and more chaotic. Yeah, and Rand is confused like how can these people be Aiel mm-hmm. yeah I mean poor Jonai like in this vision he's so stressed out that it gives him a heart attack and he dies like <laughs> true fuck <laughs> that's I mean I know I know my body behaves 
strangely uncomfortably around stress. Like, poor guy. I mean, I kind of don't blame him. What what are his options? You know? Like, that's what we've kind of been talking about. It's like, shit has been shitty. What are his options? And now the Ogier are like, we're going to die if we don't find a setting. That's just all there is to it. That's all that's going to happen. And that's not what should happen to the Ogier, like, as far as Jonai is concerned, of course, like, and all the other things. Oh, and then, like, the news that is Shamael might not have been completely locked up before and he could maybe still be touching the world. I want to go back a little bit because I think it's important that we talk about the banner and everything with Jonai. That's actually in the next one. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did I have the name wrong? Oh, no, no, no. I no, think this so. is like older Jonai to younger Jonai. That's that's how that happens. Yeah, but we can jump to that part if you want to. Yeah, I'm I've got it mixed up in my head because I'm going chronologically when this is going backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sense. tough. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it doesn't help when it's like the same character in both the visions. They're just at different time points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. I really like this one. So Jonai is wearing the cotton sore. Yep. He wants to go to the Hall of the Servants, but he's looking around and it is just full on destruction. There are dead chore trees and he's only 60 something, but he's feeling like this is really tired and old. Yeah. Yeah. And there are shockwaves and tremors and he's running around and people are running and darting about with items like paper and boxes and it's just sheer panic. Yeah. And he goes to one of these rooms where it's just six Aes Sedai arguing. And yeah. I like that it's mentioned that they are all women. Yep. Because that would lead you to believe that for him to say they were all women means that it that I said I could also be men. Yeah, yeah. And he's wondering mm-hmm. if men will ever stand here in a meeting like this ever again. Yeah. And he's looking around and on the table is the banner of Luce Theron. Mm-hmm. And he's already calling him Luce Theron Kinslayer, which means yep. That Luce Theron has already gone bonkers, bananas, and killed everyone that he loves and his family. Yep. And on top of the banner is a crystal sword. So this mm-hmm. is... Kalendor. Kalendor, thank you. Uh-huh. 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 And one of the Aes Sedai is shouting at another, and they're arguing about a foretelling and what's the point of it if it can't tell them when right and there the issue is like what's the point right so they're arguing away and Jonai sees the green man in the room one of the nim Mm -hmm. and Jonai's like hey do you remember me and the Someshta is like, nah, man, sorry, I don't. And he's like, 
well, that's sad. <laughs> but apparently he knew this Nim when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he used to sing. And yeah, it's kind of like, okay, so this, I interpreted this as this is the actual green man from the eye of the world because he's the one that's accompanying the -hmm. dragon banner and guarding it so to speak Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's cool he's lived a really long life but it seems kind of strange that he was a little yeah he was he seemed pretty okay and with it when moraine showed up but now he's having some problems maybe it's the chaos Mm. i don't know maybe yeah and this is like he also says you are a child of the dragon are you not and this i thought was kind of interesting because he says he winces and that name had caused trouble no less for not being true and i was like oh interesting so like it's a name that's been given to the Aiel that isn't exactly true. Like, the Aiel served the Aes Sedai. They didn't just serve Luz Theron. And it's causing problems for them now. Yeah. Yeah. But at this point, they would have been anti-violence, you know, Aiel. So Mm -hmm. there would be a reason why they would want to be around Aes Sedai, I feel like, especially in this setting where everything is just off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, almost like to emphasize that point is when, is it Solinda? Is that her name? Yes. Solinda Sedai. Sedai. When she's like, do you know what happened to the Ayulet Zora? And... I mean, good lord, what a story that, like, all these Aeels stood around a madman, stood around a madman channeling mm-hmm. to remind for him hours. of who they were for hours. And the, the male channeler just, like, killing one after another after another. And she's, like, the last one sang for an hour before he, he was, was killed. killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, you, is it? Dashane, mm-hmm. like have more cu- courage than anyone like ah yeah it's yeah. this this was my favorite of all of the chapters yeah <laughs> christian yeah. this is for you <laughs> but again like it's we are getting finally a point of view during the breaking of the world yes. and just how chaotic and messy it is and heartbreaking yep. like you had touched on. Yep. But yeah. Jonai is agreeing with this woman like, yeah, like everything's pretty bad, but we still have a part to play. Yeah. And Jonai is ashamed that his father was someone who wanted to resist and yeah. is hiding somewhere yeah. in the city with a weapon. What was it? Uh, a shock I, lance. Yeah. I was thinking mm-hmm. like taser, but yes, yeah. shock lance. <laughs> and Celinda's crying and she's asking him, you know, please keep the way of the leaf. Please, even if all else is lost. So this yeah, is why that. we see old man Jonai like 
reacting the way that he did. He's mm-hmm. going along with everything that this female I said I wants him to do and look how much yeah. that it cost him. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Linda's instructions with Jonai in that moment, they're talking about like all of the the Angreals and Sangreals and everything that they're taking along with them. And the way that this is written is really weird to me. I just had a thought. Oh, please. This feels very like Old Testament biblical, the story with Jonah, where it's mm. like, you're the chosen one. Mm-hmm. You were chosen for this job and you have to do it. Like, I'm thinking of like the Jesus story where it's like, yeah. your ending is going to be awful. You're going to be just, you're going to go through things that seem unimaginable. But, like, it'll all be worth it. So, like, go ahead and pull up your bootstraps and get ready to suffer. (laughs) (laughs) Strap in, guys. Strap in. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I'm sorry, but go ahead. No, no, it's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. And just, like, how she, like, says, like, you will carry the dot, dot, dot things dot 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 to safety mm-hmm. why she's like oh of course the things we gave you she smiles what is she smiling about i mean in some ways it feels like she knows that what she's giving to them is never going to make it the whole way like no this is huh? almost an impossible ask and i'm like did you know did you know that they would just get like scattered about and be left for people to find willy-nilly whenever they could like i don't know it felt weird it just felt weird to me yeah or she's just putting on a face to kind of urge him along like this is her caring everything's gonna be okay like knowing i said i smile like you can do this Go get oh, okay. him. Go get him, Tiger. An encouraging smile. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Because what does she say? He when he leaves the place where they meet, there's thousands of wagons waiting. Yes. And they are yeah. filled to the brim with food, water, and all the griols. Yep. And chore cuttings. And chore cuttings. And yeah. all, like all of the things that need to be hidden away because they're dangerous. To be yeah. in the hands of male channelers. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Dad Swain says, maybe she doesn't mean the Griols, but she means what they stand for, believe in. And we will do what we must. Mm. The sword must wait. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I really don't. I really don't know. It just felt kind of weird to me. It was like, little spidey senses tingling like why is it like this why is it written like this Mm -hmm. and i really love that he's thinking to himself if it just if things would be a little bit different like right over there there would be joe cars and hoverflies Mm -hmm. and show wings all of the stuff that i could carry 
all these important yep. treasures with me, but now I just have to go with horses and wagons. Right. And How be. archaic. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really good point to bring up, that this is like going backwards in time to have everybody traveling with wagons and horses. Right. And it's yeah. just this really cool image of this long journey out of Perendison. Yeah. Like this great metropolis you know like it's supposed to be yeah yeah and it's I really I really love how it came together in this show the look of it Mm -hmm. I do also believe that there probably should have been some smoke and flames Mm -hmm. somewhere yeah yeah but I mean even visually the way that it looked was just like chef's kiss loved it yeah yeah but i mean when this vision for jonah opens up it's he hurried down empty streets trying not to look at shattered buildings (laughs) and dead chore trees all dead huh oh sorry i was just reading this in chat tatara says a tow rocket would have been handy at that point yeah Mm -hmm. load up the tow rocket (laughs) carry everything be on your way no but I agree, like it definitely should have been rougher than what it looked like in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he's leaving Paradisan. Rand is back to where he is. He gets another glance at Muradin, who is now like digging his eyeballs out. And I'm like, yep. okay. Then we are. Guess to... we're just going to keep walking forward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we go to Cumin. Yeah. Cumin. I don't know how you want to pronounce that. You know, like the spice. Like the spice? Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> Cumin. Cumin. So Cumin. he's hanging out in a plowed field with some of the Daishan, Aiel, and Ogier. And mm-hmm. he's a young man. Mm-hmm. He's thinking back to when he was a teenager and he was joining in on the seed singing. And he's watching the soldiers in Ogier with mm-hmm. shock lances and their armored Jokar, Tracy, armored Jokars. Right. Mm-hmm. He's just like taking it all in. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was oh, such a cool, like a visual. Yep. Yeah, I really had not like processed fully like the militaristic presence at the seed singing before. Right. Like, I think I always just focused on, like, oh, the ogre singing and Sumeshta dancing around, and oh, how lovely is this, like, without really recognizing the fact that they're, like, An soldiers. ogre police force? Yeah. Ogre yeah. soldiers. Mm-hmm. And armored aerial devices for protection, I'm assuming. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense because they're, they're seed singing for a food supply. So, of course, you're going to defend your food supply as it's in the process of being, like, in its first steps of being done, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, that makes sense. Never really thought about it before. Well, yeah, this is, like, a really important resource. Mm-hmm. It's crops that would have been created after seed singing. So, this would have made them. This would have made them resistant and like yep. have really high yield and really plentiful and really 
mm-hmm. important. And I feel mm-hmm. like this is kind of like, you know, they're almost like super GMO now. Like they'll just keep <laughs> producing more and more, but they're but it's done totally, re- yeah, but totally resistant to blight and, you know, bugs that can yeah. kill it or yeah. whatever. So it's would, important stuff. I would that be we down need to for protect. that. Let somebody come do that to my yard. That's a service out there. <laughs> no, your yard is the blight. Nothing grows there. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels. <laughs> the birds eat everything you put in, Tracy. <laughs> oh I grew some really lovely weeds this year. They were impressive. They were impressive. <laughs> Next year, maybe I'll, I'll, or maybe this spring. I need to hunt down an Ogier or a Nim or something. Come sing to my yard. Just please. Anything. Okay, um, we need to hurry up, though, because this is Yeah, yeah, I, I looked just a moment ago. Okay, so one of the things that hits me in this one, of course, is Kuhn mentioning his grandfather, Charn, and how he talks about how he served Lanfear before she was Lanfear. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Oof. Oof. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But then we also, like, we get through, like, the whole seed singing thing, and news arrives that the boar has been sealed, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the war has ended and this poor soldier is like well like i don't know really what i i'm gonna do with my life now and then he's like oh there's still trollocs in madral i'm good i'm good i'm gonna go form i'm gonna go form one of the borderlands yeah peace (laughs) i was like this is the beginning of the borderlanders right here this guy maybe he is maybe he isn't but this news comes out they're celebrating that's happening kuman leaves he goes to where his grandfather has been staying, and he has an encounter. It's not a very friendly encounter on his way where he bumps into someone and they're like... It's like a soldier. Yeah, I can't tell if it's a soldier or just like some random guy. Like, he's referred to as a townsman, but he's like, the Forsaken are dead. And land fear will not protect you anymore. We will root out all of you who served the Forsaken while pretending to be on our side and treat the lot of you as we treated that crazy old man. Man? Man. Man. Talk today. <laughs> talk today. It's fine. <laughs> well, with, we've got cumin over here and paprika and Charizard. Yeah, I saw that. i'm all over the place (laughs) i'm for it but yeah so when kumin arrives at you know where charn resides he finds the inn yeah yeah he finds him hanging in the courtyard in the back yeah yeah and then it moves back to rand and he's like oh the lights and the columns they're shimmering blue right? and hazy and the aiel chewing bloody froth <laughs> dripping onto his chest <laughs> chewing gross <laughs> uh, yowza yeah. yeah 
well. Yeah. Uh, Muradin, nice to know ya. Glad to meet ya. I'm sorry. Yep. Couldn't but then handle we moved it. to Charn. Yeah. Which is yeah. the one who died in this yes. chapter. The, yeah. the, the hanged man. Yes. Not yeah. hung. I yeah. almost said hung. He's not a tapestry. So <laughs> Charn is in his 20s, I think. He's, you know, taking down, taking a nice little walk down the street under the chore trees and yeah. the Joe cars are just quietly humming by and he's had a marriage offer and could accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he rounds like a turn and just kind of like runs into some man who mm-hmm. he's like, Hey, watch where you're going. <laughs> That's like my gruff. <laughs> Stranger voice. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, it's perfect. He's like looking at Charn's hair, and clearly he's Aiel. Yeah. And Charn's like, hey, you know, like, it's your fault you ran into me. Why so harsh? <laughs> this is. Gif and chat, sorry. (laughs) I've lost my place in my notes. (laughs) Um, I can't stop looking at it. (laughs) So, this man asks Charn, like, what's going on, and the other other person, I don't know, citizen, is asking the same, and they are looking up at the Sharom, which is this sphere on top of the Column Dom. It's like yep. levitating, floating thousand feet dome that just such a weird thing in my mind to see. Right? Yeah. That one's a but, hard one. But then we get the the story of Mirren. Right. And this is Lanfear before she was Lanfear. And ah, she made this that. announcement that she's found a new source for the one yep. power. Today and is the day. Yeah, her and her study buddy, Beatamon, are going to tap it. And <laughs> yeah, we know where the story goes from there. Yep. A, they see a tiny little piece of the Sharom, like, mm-hmm. kind of just like, fly off and then just like plumes of jet black smoke and fire and yep. hundreds of like I don't know like you you can see just the one power and the smoke and the destruction and everything's falling apart and the Sharom is just yep. like cracked like an egg in front of their eyes and just falling down in yeah. a fiery inferno and then everything is dark and yep. people screaming and running and Charn's like, oh shit. Crying. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm out of here. So he's running towards the Column Dom and it's too late. Yeah. And yeah. he swore to serve the Aes Sedai, but he was too late. So then he cries. Oh, Poor guy. I mean, I'd probably cry too. Yeah. 
such... then we move back to Rand. Yeah, yeah. And Rand, like, isn't this where he was like, there's no sign of Muradin, and Muradin <laughs> will never be seen again? Yeah. <laughs> Muradin has successfully eaten his entire self. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> Oh, he just became an entire, he just became a mouth. Yep. (laughs) Sitting inside the glass columns. Gross. Uh, Christian says, just like Pizza the Hut, correct. Yes. Yes. So, boss, you're delicious. (laughs) Um, Sorry. Yeah. This is also so Rand steps out of the glass columns and something catches his eye hanging from the the chore tree that's there and it's matt oh so that's what that meant when like the world went dark around him poor matt yeah so matt's ashandari is kind of stuck in some branches and then he's hanging from his ashandari yep and rand pulls him down and starts doing cpr on him and breathing into his mouth and he's Uh like i once saw maester luhan resuscitating a boy this way so he's just beating on matt's chest and right matt was dead for a second now he's alive and Mm -hmm. matt's touching his neck and the rope and he's <laughs> in true matt fashion the first words out of his mouth are those flaming sons of goats he <laughs> says it hoarsely they tried to kill me yep and we learned that he thinks that the finn were joking with him and we learned that they say you know thus is our treaty written thus is the agreement made yep and Matt doesn't really understand what he's been given, Mm -hmm. to say that without spoilers. Yeah. And Matt can read the inscription on his, is it on his Ashandare? I think Mm so. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And for a moment, he's kind of. Like, you know, they're both sitting there looking around like, okay, like, Matt has these cool things now, I guess. And Rand notices these two figurines in the background Mm. that are crystal spheres. Yep. And he thinks to himself, not yet, and leaves them there, Mm -hmm. which is important. Yep. And he sees a sidene. Matt's like, are we in trouble? And they are. It's a bubble of evil, but a kind of like right. weak one this time. Giant giant dust bunnies. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's whatever. It, after the chapters that we just had and all of the excitement, this bubble mm-hmm. of evil is kind of wimpy. But <laughs> yeah. It feels a bit unnecessary. Like, didn't yeah. we have enough? <laughs> Matt almost died. Rand had to, like, right figure out how to save his life. We had all of this shit from, like, the breaking of the world before yeah. that. Like, did we really need dust bunnies from Bubbles of Evil? Dust like, bunnies. Violent. They weren't really bunnies. They are man-shaped. But that's what I always think of. I can't help it. But, yeah. So, they... 
they win. They come out. Yep, of course they do. Alive. And yeah. Rand thinks of the words of the Isle prophecy, and he and Matt go towards the mountain. And yep. that is it. That wraps up those just those two chapters. And yep. I feel like we should probably close this one out. I was going to say, we're already like an hour, over an hour and a half. And if we go into spoilers, it'll just be so much more time. I don't think we should do that to Aiden. Yeah, and they're really, I mean, honestly, how about this? We end it here. Very minor, small spoiler part. I'm just excited Matt has his things now, his gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for all of that to come into play and him to realize what they do. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I, I can leave it right there, actually. It's perfect. It's perfect. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.